You're listening to Adam Air MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> ah, well, today we got a special guest, Frosted Cherry Cooks. It's a hybrid sativa high end. Oh wait, that's my medicine. <laughs> I actually do have a special guest today, Jim Olgela who had his hand in My Three Scums. And if you haven't seen that, do yourself a favor, go back and watch it and then come back and listen to this because it'll make more sense, I feel like. My Three Scums, <laughs> definitely on the list there. All right, well, what is this has he done? This guy just got done making, uh, as a director and screenwriter, his first movie, Strange Nature, in 2018. He did the 2008 Marvel Zombies, the movie thing. It's a short film with a guy named Scott Fields. Uh, then he was a makeup special effects technician for Citizen Toxie, Wendigo, Monster Makers, Dead Birds, Frankenfish, Tales from the Crapper, Alien Apocalypse, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, House of the Dead 2, Big Bad Wolf, Poultry Geist, that's awesome. X-Men The Last Stand. Dark Real, Dead Girl, Hebboy 2, Golden Army, Blood, The Last Vampire, Where the Wild Things Are is Mold Department, Tron Legacy, Thor, it just goes on, we're gonna talk to him, Pacific Rim, that's fucking cool, uncredited, huh? Alright, well let's talk to Jim and see what he's got to say. You son of a bitch. All right, I got Jim on the horn. You here? Yep, I'm here. Hey. <laughs> Rad, dude. I've been wanting to do this show for a while, man. That's cool. I'm glad I got you. Well, yeah, dude. I can't go anywhere. How are you holding up during this whole racket? Um, Pretty good, pretty good. It's like, you know, I try to look at the silver lining and just keep busy, and it's like, you know, the main thing is when you look back on this time to have something to show for it, even if it's like shit, you know, work is slow. I have, you know, I've wanted to build a frog pond. Hey, I built a frog pond. That's cool. Yeah, that's something. I'm writing new scripts, whatever, you know. I love it, man. That's you know, that's what I. That's kind of what I did. I shifted right out of uh, drawing, and I think I was drawing right up to the time that the virus changed everything basically overnight um and so i was like well i've been thinking about broadcasting myself for like 20 years or some shit you know but oh, wow. mo more about like being inspired by a lot of voiceover a actors and actresses and basing cartoon characters off that and development and stuff and uh so that you know kind of got me into wanting to do public access, which is the hook that I wanted to start with, because <laughs> I saw yeah. that, you know, you had done the public access, and I wanted you to just take us on a tour, kind of, if you didn't mind, of of uh, what had gone on with you from that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all I can say is, man, thank God for public access. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know where the hell I would be without public access. I mean, we were, just to give you a little background, like, you graduate high school, there's, you know, no, no chance of getting into any college. There's, you know, I wanted to go to film school, but there's no way I could get a loan. Uh, you know, it was just like, okay, well, I'm going to work at the clinic. I'm working at a medical clinic where I'm filing medical record charts, and I'm working at a, as a maintenance man at night on another job. And then I discover public access. And it was like, this is, you know, for the younger viewers like, mm -hmm. or YouTube, like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. You away, like you literally could invade people's living room. Yeah. <laughs> I love that feeling. <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> and, and just, and almost just like, you know, when people get pissed off on Facebook feeds because they don't like what somebody's posting, like you can yeah. always tune out. And the same thing would happen with public access. People would get pissed off, even though like, you can just change the channel, but something would keep them riveted, I guess. So 
we we started out as like kind of like a, a just kind of a foul mouth punk rock talk show, and then eventually we realized like you know what most most public access even today is either like crazy religious shows, mm-hmm. you know, really crummy political talking, <laughs> and um, and maybe just somebody just talking about like local interest. But mm-hmm. I, it, it shocked me that nobody was using it to tell narratives. And it was like, why is nobody even just doing short films or, or stories? Like, it just, it, it, it was unheard of. So we started to develop this show called My Three Scums, <laughs> which was kind of like this, this kind of like a horror comedy show about these like punk rock monsters and serial killers that all like lived together and kind of got by and got back at society that hated them and rejected them. And um, I love you it. Know, very, very crude, very offensive, you know. Um, but we started to see like instant recognition um, where, you know, some local people loved it and, and a lot of people hated it. I mean, we had people that were trying to form a committee to shut us down, we were getting death threats. Um, I mean, but you know, the, the police. Chief, you were getting death mayor, threats, though. Can I rewind that for? I remember the, the night that we went into the public access studio, and our office manager like kind of played the message for us of this person locally threatening our lives if we continued. Oh and my god! He was like looking at us, and it's like, well, what do you? I mean, it's up to you if you want to keep going, and we're like. When you when you say that to like a nineteen year old punk rock kid, uh-huh. that's like the greatest compliment ever. Yeah, we're like, are you kidding me? Fuck yeah! Like we're gonna go twice as hard now, and uh, and we did, and it was amazing. And like, and to get threats from like your police chief and your your mayor, and knowing that they can't actually touch you because you're protected by law, that's an incredibly empowering feeling. You know? Yeah. And it's like shit. I mean, they they aired our stuff at you know midnight, so it's not like oh we're we're on at noon on a Sunday, you know. So, um, That's amazing. Before, That's an amazing yes. feat, dude. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so yeah, we, we we kind of got our kicks and did as as well as we could there. But then we started playing like local like little festivals, and mm-hmm. I realized like what a great feeling it was to have other people enjoy what you do. Um, even if some people hate it, it's, it's such a great feeling to know that you're making some kind of impact. And I knew from that moment on that, like, I, I need to be involved in this yeah. somehow in my life. Like, I can't, I can't just work a job that has nothing to do with my interests um, just so I can enjoy myself for a few hours on the weekend. Like, I can't live that way. No. And... Um, so I sent um, a big influence growing up was trauma mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, makers of Toxic Avenger, class of Newcomb High for the uninitiated. And uh, they had a similar sensibility in their films. And I thought, you know, they they might uh, they might dig what we're doing. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea where the hell this is going to lead, but I. Uncle I Lloyd, I man. <laughs> Getting that. <laughs> yeah. At least they seemed approachable. You got to think like. This is basically the late 90s at this point. Mm-hmm. This is 1999. Um, the internet is still kind of in an infant stage. And even back then, Troma had a huge, huge um, online presence for a small... Oh, community. yeah. It was amazing already. Right? Yeah, it was and, gigantic. And they seemed approachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were the only ones that really seemed to have some kind of... Uh, idea of where people like you and I were coming from and that birth out of punk rock and that nuclear waste and that toxic waste was all coming together and <laughs> all the it was all, it was all kind of out of this like anti-establishment DIY um, exactly. protocol which yeah. was you know obviously very appealing to people like us mm-hmm. and um, so I, I got the biggest computer box I could find because I figured like okay these guys probably get stuff, crappy movies from their fans all the time. I'm going to be ignored. So they may hate what I do, but I'm going to make sure I'm at least not ignored. So I get the biggest computer box I can find. I put the best copy of My Three Scums on VHS at the time in the <laughs> box. 
and I fill the rest of this giant box up with flyers of the show and a letter to Lloyd Kaufman, the president of Troma, and the rest of the room is filled with helium balloons that say, <laughs> I love my scums. Hey, what does it say? What does it say on them? I'm sorry. I, I, I love my three scums. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, boom, you know, he opens the box, the balloons fly everywhere. At the very least, you're going to look at what's inside if you get a package like that. So uh, it, I catch it, you know. Yeah, totally. Uh, so sure enough, a month later, I get a letter from Lloyd saying thank you for the balloons and the box and the package. You're a talented filmmaker. And if you're ever in Hell's Kitchen, we'd love to meet with you. Woohoo! It's <laughs> a great like, letter. <laughs> I mean, when you're in Duluth, Minnesota, this is like that whole world isn't even planet Earth. Yeah. Like not close. Like they're, the, the, the city I grew up in, it's better now. But when I was growing up, we're talking zero, zero, zero uh, percent uh, encouragement for the arts, mm-hmm. especially in, in those kind of arts. So, like, forget about that as any kind of career choice. So this is like a like a, a, a call from the gods, you know? Fucking A. It, it, it is. <laughs> so, so I instantly book a flight to New York with basically no warning. I show up <sighs> at the Hell's Kitchen on Lloyd's doorstep, and to this guy's credit, he drops everything and lets me hang out with his in his office for like a half an hour. Uh, we hit it off, and he invites me to come out and intern on their next movie coming up in like the next month. Uh, uh, Toxic uh, Part Four, Citizen Toxie. Nice dude. So it's like that's, at that point, <laughs> my life that's like Gordon Scorsese asking me to come and work on his next movie. I mean, it's I, like I instantly go back to Minnesota, so damn high. And I quit my job, cash out my savings, and it's like, you know what? I don't know where this is going to go, but it's, 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 it's an opportunity, and it's, I'm going to take it. It's a total cream dream. That's what Jack Black would call it. He would call it a cream dream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's a, like, there's no guarantees. You know, nobody's guaranteed their dream or anything. That's but right. You have, to, you have to set yourself up yeah. to take that chance. And it's like, you know, if, but if, if the thing is, like, it's not, it's not all just luck. Like, if there weren't certain things, certain steps in order, like, I had other friends that wanted to leave, too, and go for it. But, oh, this guy's stuck in college, and he's up to his eyeballs in student debt. Or this guy's got a job, and or maybe this guy's got a family. And it's like, oh, yep. luckily, I had... Fucking realities. <laughs> yeah, just reality. So it's like, oh, and that's why, you know, that's why people... You know, you you got to take those chances where you're going to fall flat at that point in your life. Because if you do, oh, well, you go back home, no problem. At least you gave it a shot. Yeah, know? yeah. You get to go back at least with that. I hope that helps out people out there on a therapeutic level, too, you know. We all got problems, but, you know, when we decide as creators to go for it, go for it. And that that's where we have to, you know, I hope they hear that. You know, you you what you where you started, and that it is possible. You know, and and to keep going for it, don't stop. Possible. I I've met over the years people far more talented than me that haven't gotten this far. But a big a big thing is, you know, be one of the guys that shows up. Yeah. Because the 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 truth is, most people don't do anything. That's true. They're like, they don't they do nothing. So if you're one of the few that does something, if you're one of the few that shows up, it's going to count. Yeah, it will. And it, it's how it's basically science, too, man. You know, if you're in motion, you know, there'll be a reaction to it. But if you're just sitting on tracks, you're probably going to get ran over there, you know. Exactly. Oh, and obviously there's like, you know, there's. There's a certain amount of, you know, a- ambition and hard work that goes into it. I mean, there's a lot of other people that started with Trump with me. And I'll, I tell you, a lot of them cracked because a lot of them were lazy, weren't willing to put in the work. I mean, shit, we did six weeks straight on set, 20-hour days. Like, we were going insane, malnourished, people shitting in paper bags. <sighs> I mean, it's a hardcore boot camp. Like, if you can Fucking survive a. Trump you 
literally do anything. Like, that's why I don't, when I get young kids that come to me sometimes or they want to intern for me now, and, like, I don't, I don't cut anybody any slack because, yeah. like, I know what it takes. And it's like, dude, you're 20 years old, you're 22, like, you have no excuse not to be working. <laughs> that's right, man. That is correct, dude. And, that, you know, I think there has been, like, a, almost a loss of ethic along the way. I don't know about in the effects field. I've definitely seen it in the cartooning field as it's transferred over into digital. And, I, oh, I, you know, yeah. it loses something when it's, like, not by the hand. And I think that's what I liked about Lloyd Kaufman was he'd just create everything just straight up by, you know. And I know that he was just, like, I remember the Trey, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker story when they were trying to push. I can't remember what movie. I thought it was the more. Oh, uh, Cannibal the Musical? <laughs> Cannibal the Musical, man. <laughs> and that story at the beginning when they're sitting with Lloyd at, in Del Taco. Which <laughs> <laughs> he made them pay for. You're right. That's right. <laughs> he's like, pay. He's like, you, you want to get paid, you, you say? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a long time before you get paid. <laughs> I know. People come in, they don't know better, you know. No, that's that's the thing, you know. It's like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I get that in my field sometimes too, where kids come in and they wanna they wanna jump in, you know. It, it like say they want to come and work at my special effects studio, and they want to jump right into, you know being paid a good amount or sculpting or painting or it's like no like you you don't get it like maybe they didn't tell you this in school but you don't get to do the cool stuff right away you're gonna eat shit for a while that's right and then you better be pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> still that's right because you're gonna eat shit for a while mm -hmm. you still suck and then you're just gonna get fired like that, that that's a reality yeah like not everybody has the right personality for this Yep. or the right ambition level, whatever. Like, you might just be, sometimes it's something as simple as you're just annoying. And, <laughs> and you just, you're not going to work because you don't get it. And you can't see yourself from the outside. And you, there's a certain amount of self-reflection and, and hard truth you have to give yourself to get better and to grow, you know? Yep. The levels to grow, man, and the room to grow. And the ability to be like, you know what, that part of my life didn't fucking work. I'm going to flush it down the goddamn toilet because it's not serving me now. Exactly. And don't linger on it. Yeah. Know? Don't worry about it. You know, it. don't limit yourself to uh, being a VH1 one hit wonder, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. You yeah. know, like you can do more than you think you can. You can. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You have to like try things and be serious about them. You know? That's right. I like the whole inspirational aspect of this too. That's definitely key in being part of this kind of underground cartoon therapy thing I developed. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, not only is it eclectic, but I also like want to build up people right now because this is the hardest time that I feel like that there's been in our lifetime. I mean, you know, whatever had happened like this before was during World War One. World War, exactly. you know, and uh, so for us to have to do this thing now, you know, and kind of set that uh, level of ego down and or how we wanted things to roll, you know, not everything's going to roll the way you want to roll. Obviously, you know, Mr. Ajola just told you guys out there, you're going to eat shit. OK, <laughs> and that's how it is. <laughs> Right, and you got to do it with a good attitude, which is which is hard, especially if you work with somebody that's hard. Like, like my my mentor Tim Constantine, who ran like the special effects uh, company that worked on Toxie, and you know he took me under his wing and gave and you know basically gave me a career by teaching me everything. Like his his mentor was Dick Smith, like he hmm. was a Dick Smith student, you know. Yeah. And but he was also like a tough tough guy. Yeah. Like no uh, bullshit. No bullshit. Like, you know, it's it. You know, it, it made you. It made you like you know really pay attention because you're you're gonna get yelled at. You might get a bucket of stone thrown at your head. You're you might be humiliated a bunch of in front of a bunch of people. Like, you know, like it, it was a situation where this is somebody who had a father that treated him really harshly, and 
it kind of went right down the line, you know? Yeah. It was that t- it was that tough love kind of thing, you know? And, you know, sometimes you just have to know how to handle that. And, and, and you know, some it, it makes some people crack and some people can kind of understand it for what it is and, and just don't take it personally. You can't out, out, out in Hollywood. You cannot. No. It's no. a, you have to know too that it's just naive to think that you're going to go in and that people aren't going to try to mind pick your shit. And that's another aspect of it too, is that a lot of you guys may not give yourself credit out there and that you might not be as good as this net. That's not necessarily for you to say because you never know what's going to fucking fly in Hollywood land and, (laughs) uh, things can go at, at a whim, you know, and if there's people out there that are, they want your material. So make sure that, (laughs) you know, you do it right. If you're going into Hollywood and that's where me and you meet up, Jim, you know, because even though we didn't actually meet up in Hollywood, we both have history there on some level. Right. Exactly. You know, so if anybody's coming to Hollywood specifically, if you're going to New York, <laughs> I don't know. You might not even find vacancy on the subway train by now. So, yeah, New York is that's, <laughs> that is tough. Like if people that complain about it, like being tough or expensive, it's like, dude, nothing, nothing compares to New York, man. That is like that's like a because it was my first place right from Minnesota. Yeah, like I didn't. I didn't know any better. And then when I got out here, I was like, oh, you know, it's a better quality of life out here. You get more for your money. But out there, like, I was just happy for any little scrap of anything I got. Because I went out there mm-hmm. not knowing anybody, not knowing anything. I only knew New York City from basically from 80s movies. So, like, <laughs> I went out there, you know, I, I'm out there with my knife. And I'm ready to, like, fight in the streets. And there was a situation where I, I had a giant package that I had to pick up from a UPS one time in Canarsie, Brooklyn. And uh, mm-hmm. this woman comes up to me, and she's this old woman. She's crying. And uh, and I was about to, you know, go around the corner to the subway and, and try to get home with my big box. And, and she looks at me, and she's like, you – she was like, I'm sorry. And, and, and I was like, what, what are you sorry for? And she was like, when you go around the corner – those guys are going to get you. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, if you're trying to go on the subway, all those guys are on the corner. They're going to, they're going to take you on. And uh, she's like, I'm sorry. And she's crying. And oh. I was just like, well, I was like, is there another way out of here to, to get to the subway? And she's like, no. And I was like, Oh crap. It was just one of those real moments where it's like, Oh, like moments like this really will happen. Yeah, and for sure. So, <laughs> I, I just I, I start psyching myself up. It's like nobody's gonna stop me. I was like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna act crazy. I'm gonna start like foaming at the mouth and and, and like kind of acting like I'm going into a seizure, like while I'm walking down the street. So if I act crazy enough and rabid enough looking, maybe they won't mess with me. So yeah. I start amping myself up and I turn the corner like shaking, and sure enough, there's all these guys and they're already fucking with somebody else. So I was like, okay, well, I got, I just got to get home. <laughs> <laughs> I ran on that subway so fast. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, shit, man, I'm sorry, but it's every man for yourself. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know what, though, man, in some cases, right? Uh, you yeah, know, it's just like, like, if it's another dude, it's just like, good luck. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's <laughs> you know what the person could hold their own more than i could it was like so yeah yeah but you're already holding this big old box you're like i'm getting well, the hell out of here <laughs> i was already at a disadvantage of basically like here come and steal this big box. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so it's kind of like i'd be kind of asking for it um, that is strange the woman crying man i mean uh yeah, even after surreal it was like a scene out of a movie it was very bizarre i was gonna say it does remind me of some you know i've seen a lot of shit though in new york myself man especially just taking out in lower east side and uh oh, I'm sure. uh, <laughs> yeah were you were you were you there back in like the gg allen days and all that stuff or uh right when i got out there 
uh, Gigi Allen had just, he had just died. And he just died, I thought it was like a, in an alley off of Houston, maybe. Oh, okay. And uh, right when I got out, I was still in like Philly. I think I came out like right after he, he died or whatever, or, or right before. It was right then, but I was squatting and then uh, I just kept coming back and forth to New York over the years. But I was uh, only traveling through. I would never really live live there or anything like that. I did want to meet Lloyd Kaufman at one point, but uh, it didn't really. Uh, I don't know what happened. I just got misdirected, or it just never. I, the connection never happened. But I've always respected Lloyd Kaufman, and that's great that you got that opportunity, man. And uh, oh yeah, I think I think you guys would get along. Yeah, you'll have to have to meet him sometime. Well, I would love it, man. We'll have to all just. Figure out how to meet meet up after this virus cranks out, right? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Lloyd is one of my favorite people. You know, he's so cool. Um, yeah, if if anybody um, here has Shutter, um, definitely check out Joe Bob Briggs in the Last Drive-In. Um, I've been kind of addicted to it lately. His episodes with Lloyd and watching Trauma's War and the episode with John McNaughton on Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer are just amazing, where they sit and talk with the directors about these scenes and in the saga of trying to get these movies made, and it's it's super inspiring. That's so cool, man. Henry, whew, that's a hard movie. <laughs> it's a hard movie. Like, and, the only, and the only film in history to be given an X rating Strictly on moral tone. Oh like, my god! I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, like they, they went back to him and they're like, "Well, what scenes can we cut?" And they're like, "There's literally nothing you can do. We object to this movie on moral tone. The entire movie offends us." And it was just like, "Holy shit! There's nothing you can do. Like you've made such an impact that every frame of your movie has just this like." grit to it that is just super disturbing and uh really hits a nerve you know you did your job as an artist to accomplish oh. that too man that's that's it right yeah that's it well, especially came up at the time when it's like you know freddy and rambo and all that stuff is ruling the box office and here comes a film where the the violence and the death is not cool it's not fun nope. it's not mtv editing it's very real life <laughs> You know, real-life serial killers look like the guy next door, look like your janitor. Um, they live in dumpy apartments that are super depressing, and it's just like, it's it's it's, it's a hard watch. It's man. a grim. It's grim, man, just the, the whole deal. And it's done yeah. so well. Yeah, big time. I know. That was the first time I ever smoked hash, too, man, and watched that. that was, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's a bummer. I know. It wasn't the right move. <laughs> one of those movies where it was like when I would get a new like girlfriend I would like kind of test her out on like okay <laughs> first I'm going to show you my three scums right and if you make it past that you're cool and then you're going to see Toxic Avenger and then you can see Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then maybe Romper Stomper and then Henry and if you can make it past Henry and you're still with me you're pretty damn cool <laughs> yeah. these are the tests of our lives these, <laughs> you gotta pass the test, man. It's vital. <laughs> it's well, it's like why, why beat around the bush and pretend you're somebody you're not to just disappoint everybody six months from now. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, man, this is you know, it's a hard, it's hard to match. Sometimes uh, we'll come close. Yeah. You know, it's just like playing the jackpot or whatever. It's just like the li the lines have to match, man. You know. Exactly. They really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, uh, trauma brought um, once. You know, I was I was in New York and worked on on Saturday Night Live a little bit. And oh, okay, yeah, right. Worked on uh, Larry Fessenden's Wendigo, and then uh, basically nine eleven hit, and you couldn't even you couldn't even get a temp job in New York. It was like forget about it. Oh, yeah, and, I know, I remember. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was rough. Mm -hmm. um, and, well, it was just it was just that not knowing of when anything will get back to normal. It's kind of like this, honestly, where it's like 
is it are things going to be okay in in a week in a month in two years like when the hell will things be sort of normal again nobody had a clue you know i don't even know about it i mean uh there's just so everything from everything past the point of this moment is complete conspiracy theory to me right exactly i know i i i'm out of my league dude you know i only have feelings but I can't just assert that that's what goes into the art, man. You know, at that point, all of us have that ability as artists to go ahead and exert that. However, that is through our body out in whatever medium you want to do it in. But uh, just don't hurt nobody, please, <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Just just pretend that you are. <laughs> yeah. Put all that frustration, and honestly, that was like, I mean, like, no shit. Like, we would have been, in, we would have probably been in some trouble when yeah. we were young. We did not find public access, and just a way to channel out, because we were, we were just like weirdo, kind of loner kids. Yeah. But we're very creative, and, and, it, and, it, and it gave us a way to, you know, if you want to write something or film something really crazy and offensive or super violent, whatever, like it gave you a way to do that and not have to break the law, you know? Oh, so lucky, man. Every time I look at, you know, I've thought about that too, Jim, like looking at the uh, prison system, like how many of these guys um, just have no outlet creatively right. or don't know how to... You know, and maybe they were creative at one point, and someone kicked them in the nuts too hard, and you know, right off the bat, I think that happens a lot more than we give you know credit to. You know, because I oh. essentially I think we're all creative on some fucking level, even the the dimmest of us. You know, <laughs> I think you know somehow. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know, even if it's just doing crossword puzzles, or you know, <laughs> it's like. Uh, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I have a, I have an uncle-in-law that's a convicted serial killer, and he's he's serving several life sentences right now in Minnesota. Damn. And and we we've talked through letters and stuff like that. And um, yeah, yeah. But he, he he had he had run-ins with everybody from Chuck Berry to Charles Manson. Like Damn. he's been in. He was he served time in Alcatraz because he got busted in the seventies, but he had been in and out of the prison system since the late forties. Um, but yeah, like accomplished guitar player, super creative, super intelligent guy in his nineties now, but has this whole history of violence. <sighs> wow, you know? he sounds like a whole episode I would love to do it, separately it, with you, yeah. man. About your what was his oh, name? It, what was, did you mind? Uh, it, yeah, no, it's uh, Harvey the Hammer Kerrigan. Harvey the Hammer Kerrigan. Yeah. Wow. That sounds yeah, amazing. Because... That's how you. That's why you're so cool, man. <laughs> that's how you ended up doing all the cool yeah. shit because you have this cool legacy, man, that you're coming from. Damn, that's amazing, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of just weird, dark history there, and and, and unsolved mysteries, and yeah, it it is a whole other episode sometime. Um, yeah, let's do it, man. I, I'm down. <laughs> right on. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like anything like that. Like I, I, you know, I didn't know about you, though. But uh, I guess that's not something you're gonna like necessarily read in Wikipedia. Well, you know. That's, yeah, you don't really. It's one of those where you don't really want to wear it on your sleeve necessarily because it's you know it's like some of my family doesn't even want me to have any part of that or anything. You know they you know the family is 100% pretty much turned their back on him. So it's kind of like, it's just one of those where it's not talked about. So, you know, I can't really talk to them about it. You know, it's just, it's like a, it's, it's been just a side interest since I, since I first learned about him when I was like maybe 18, 19 years old. Huh. Hmm. And then that, that kind of just blew your mind. I'm sure. It kind of blew my mind and I was told to stay away from it and and I did for many years and then finally honestly like probably god I guess it's probably about four years ago now four going on five maybe where I was just like you know what the hell with it I'm 
I, I just want to know what his deal is. And I wrote to him in prison. Yeah. And he right back and and he's acting like this like loving uncle and it's very it's very bizarre and it, and it was just one of those where it's like i just want to kind of i'm not here to judge you i just want to kind of get in your head and get your side of the story you know How, um, um I'm, I'm not trying to say that you're a good guy or that you're innocent or anything i just i want to hear your story you know how long would he have how long would he had been in prison by the time you uh contacted him he had been in prison serving several life sentences from 1973 until 2016. Well, that's a lot of time for reformation, man. Right, exactly. You know, a lot of time to sit there and, uh, you know, yeah. you're going to evolve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And read a lot and become. Mm -hmm pretty damn intelligent but also like a big scary guy he like he is the type of guy that used to kind of rule the yard like nobody would mess with him you know like if harvey the hammer got a hold of you you were in trouble you know wow um but also wasn't like influence like you said like the, you know the white power guys would try to get him to join their gang and he just didn't he didn't believe in following anybody so he he even rejected them you know he was like a totally like on his own kind of guy that's good that's good so yeah <laughs> 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 well it's yeah that's that is cool though man um yeah, yeah i've been i've been i've been toying with it for a while just talking with him back and forth and just seeing like just you know narratively creatively there's some kind of special insight that I have into a story like that. So what do I do with that? Is it a book? Is it a film? Is it a documentary? It's, you know, it's all these things. And, and I've had interest from some production companies regarding it before too. So it's one of those where it's, I realized it, it's not something that's just going to come to me from a few conversations. It's over an extended period of time, whatever this is going to be will kind of create itself, you know, man. Just do me a favor. If you ever hit that project and you're on there, please think about me. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love to be on that one, dude. That that would be great. That would be. I would. That's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you, dude. Oh <laughs> uh, man, this is a great show so far. You know what, man? Too. And uh, I, I, I wanted to ask you and shift gears. Is it okay? I want to shift. Yeah, um, I wanted to talk about that. Uh, there's a sensation with this uh, the Marvel Zombies thing that you did. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you care? I mean, is that something you want to talk about? Or you don't have to. If you don't. Oh, sure, yeah. I would love to. That was, I mean, that's that's one of those where, you know, it's another one of those moments in life. You know, it's just like whenever you get bummed out about career things that happen, it's like you gotta you have to stay humble and remember nobody, nobody is guaranteed like their their dream yeah you know just be, even if you work your ass off and you're talented mm -hmm. it doesn't matter it, you know sometimes the stars just don't align like so we did marvel zombies back in oh this is 2008 2009 um and uh we we created these uh my my co-director on that scott fields we're both special effects guys. So we created these costumes for Halloween basically that year. Oh, where we really dug the comic book series, Marvel zombies. So let's make a zombie Hulk and a zombie Spider-Man. And, um, and then we're like, Oh, these turned out pretty awesome. Yeah. Shoot. You know? And, uh, at that time, Scotty's living in this kind of like <laughs> dumpy house <laughs> in North Hollywood. Oh yeah. Alley. And we're like, shit, let's, let's just shoot like what, because there's no way ever, anybody's ever going to have the balls to make like a real Marvel Zombies movie. Yeah. Or even just, you know, uh, with rights and stuff, it may never happen. So let's make a short on what that trailer would look like, maybe. You know, just given what we have. And uh, so we basically took over this alley for a weekend. We were climbing on people's roofs, setting up lights and everything. And we shot this like faux movie trailer for Marvel Zombies, the movie. And, um, uh, he and he, and I was in some for some of it. I was zombie Spider Man and Scotty was zombie Hulk. And <laughs> we we also created a zombie Captain America. Um, just had a ball doing it, and it was super fun. Turned out great. And uh, 
we put it up, um, and at that, at that time, we're on MySpace, and it explodes on MySpace, and it is being shared like crazy. In less than two weeks, we get over 650,000 hits. Wow. And it was, whoa, this thing is, and, and all these people are commenting, it's on YouTube, and people are commenting that it's, it's better than anything Marvel's ever done, and all this. Yeah, shit. it's like, <laughs> just blowing oh. up. Blowing up, and then at that time, there's this. Uh, I don't even know if it's still a channel G4, but um, they have uh, G4 is like a big, big cable channel, and they have a show called Attack of the Show for like kind of just geek and nerd culture. And Chris Hardwick is one of the hosts of it, mm-hmm. and he picks our Marvel Zombies short that on that episode as the number one thing to see on the internet. That's fucking awesome, dude. Congrats. That's yeah, right. <laughs> so great. That's a and great that feeling. Point, <laughs> oh, totally. And then you can see that episode <sighs> on YouTube. It's pretty cool. Um, so this thing just blows through the roof, and then right away we get contacted by Marvel Legal, oh. and they're like, we've talked about this on our end, and we've decided we cannot have you continue with this. And we are shutting it down. And they sent legal threats to YouTube. They make them take it down and it's done. DOA. And it was like, but then, but then the fans start taking it and putting up pirate versions everywhere. So it like, that was cool. But the fact that we'll never know um, what, what that might've turned out to be if it was allowed to completely flourish. And, you know, and if we were smarter at the time, we could have maybe tried to get protected by parody law or who knows, because at the same time, um, pretty much the exact same time this happened, Fede Alvarez released his short that blew up in, I can't remember where he was in Brazil, maybe. And um, he blows up. And but you know he created something completely original that he had the rights to, and he gets flown out to Hollywood. And next thing you know, he's directing the remake of Evil Dead, and and, <sighs> and he gets this massive career out of it. And you know, there's that time. Oof, that's got to be like that. Is, that is a kick in the nuts, right? Kind of. On, you kind of think yeah. like, could we maybe have had that shot? <clears throat> Who knows? Maybe not. But it is something that you think about. You know. Now, who was who would have been in charge of uh, shutting it down at Marvel? Would it have been Joe, like Joe Quesada at that time, or um, maybe? I mean, I just got basically just uh, I, one of their head lawyers contacted me, um, one of the heads of their legal team, and they were just on, on that side. We've kind of been told from the top down that this this has to go. Fucking annoying, man. <laughs> I know, right? It was just like, like, what am I doing to you? I know, but then you. Comments and their people and and maybe it was just like sour grapes because there were there were like a ton of people commenting like whoa this Hulk looks better than anything than any Hulk movie Marvel <laughs> and, and there was like a lot of people talking shit like that so maybe that was part of it who knows maybe yeah well when something's better than the shit that they're already got going around you know and it and that's really what was happening dude and yeah you got to imagine there's this when things are too powerful, that's that old Jack Kirby philosophy, right? Because everybody was, right. Jack could do everything. And they were, well, some, I think Neil Adams said that about Jack Kirby, you know. Sometimes when you're too powerful, people get all scared of it, you know. So that right. that might have been what happened. I can see that happening, man. Because you are talented, dude. And you have a great brain. It's. I just gotta compliment you on that, man. Right. <laughs> we're looking. just hoping that, like, oh, well, if we were a threat, then just hire us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could see them being intimidated. You know. <laughs> Let us make something cool for you, and then we'll get the kids behind it. It just didn't suck enough, dude. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. There must. There was just some kind of mainstream factor that wasn't there. Yeah, that's what they're looking for too. You know, especially being whored out by Disney and all this other shit. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. No, that's that is cool though, man. Uh, so, you know, maybe you can keep the same idea because you know I don't know who the guy was that did um, the boys or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. But can you imagine the boys being zomb- uh, zombies or whatever? Totally. If you could do it, yeah. I mean, just make these it, fake ass heroes everybody already knows on that earth, you know. And right, exactly. <laughs> these guys have been around forever. 
Tully, and they're allowed to do some really rough stuff on that show. God, like, they fucking get away with some I mean, shit, dude. Like, I know. I was like, damn, I'm impressed, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, especially the whole, like, you know, right... Well, spoiler alert for anybody... I don't really give a fuck if, if you've seen it or not. Yeah. I'm gonna talk. We're gonna talk about it. Goddamn it! But uh, yeah, it'll still look cool when you see it. So. It's so cool, but yeah, shoving that uh, bomb up the dude's butt, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> right. That's great. The invisible gore. Uh, totally. <laughs> but like, what a what a funny like payoff. But it totally makes sense in that world too. You know? Refreshing, you know. It was like yeah. definitely something that you know. I also felt that way about, um, and it wasn't even. It's not even the same thing. But off of Showtime when they did the Watchmen, and I don't know if you were a fan of the book or not. Were you ever a fan of the Watchmen yeah, book? Yeah, it was. I, I haven't seen the new show yet. I won't say anything. Do you, do you like it? Do you recommend it? You know what? It almost feels like Alan Moore got in. And wrote it. And, yeah, because, uh, and I can see him being like, fuck DC, you know the whole backstory with him and the fallout, pretty much. I'm sure you've heard something along the line or along the way, you know. But, yeah. uh, you know, basically Alan Moore detests DC and detests Zack Snyder. And <laughs> I made the comment, maybe that'd be a great Hollywood death match, you know, <laughs> Alan Moore versus Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I thought, you know, Alan Moore on this Showtime one, I felt like he came in and wrote it because it follows so close and detailed to the original as a sequel. It doesn't even look at Zack Snyder's shit. It just goes straight from the book into that nine-part series. It's so cool, Jim. I won't say anything. I'm not going to say one thing about it, but I definitely okay. encourage it, you know, if you get the moment. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, it's fucking great, especially if you're a fan of the book, you know, but, you know, yeah. sometimes when things are too good, right? I know they already took it down off Showtime, I think, even, so I don't know how you, you'd find it streaming somewhere, you know? It might be on Hulu or something now. Check. Yeah, check it out, man. But uh, I'm pretty sure Showtime already yanked it down. Oh, uh, okay. So that's why, because it's too good. Mm. <laughs> of course. If you guys are too good out there, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> that's it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't don't think you. Oh, look how great I am. I'm there's. I got an ace in the hole. Yep. Yeah, well, you start scaring people, it can happen pretty I mean, easy. Like either you're you're they're either gonna have you join them or they're gonna crush you. I mean that's usually going to be one of the one of the two, you know. And there's usually a million reasons for the one, right? And the, exactly. the and the two is the lightning in the bottle that you're fucking going to get at that right they, moment. They call it the yeah. Ro Robert Evans phenomenon. Right. <laughs> we need more. Oh, rest in peace, man. He finally yeah. left. You know, he lived in North Hollywood forever, right? So. He had a studio like the whole time, man. Since Rosemary's right. Baby, like right there. I know. It's like such royalty. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that whole story too. The kid stays in the picture. Have you seen that oh, before? Love it. So awesome. Oh, man. it's so good, man. Robert Evans <laughs> really inspired me to want to be some dude like that in Hollywood. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a golden time in, in Hollywood history, and yeah, we're you know it's. I mean, it's one of the last times where filmmakers were actually trusted to kind of be on their you know? It's amazing. You know, like, you couldn't see that shit come out now. Like, I mean, it's... Yeah, can you imagine, like, some of those movies being made by a studio now? No. Like, what about it? I mean, yeah, can you see, like, Deer Hunter or Taxi Driver or something <laughs> coming out now? And, like, no, like, of course not. That would be dead in the water. No. Nope. They'd be like, who's going to come see this, you know? Yeah, there was more care about it, too, right? Because I remember those old demo reels with uh, Robert Evans having to come out into the public and be like, you know, hey, I'm representing MGM or whatever. And we got two great stories that we're getting ready to introduce. And they take the time to tell everybody right, that the yeah. story is going to be great. 
stick around. <laughs> they won't even give a fuck now. You know, it's just it's a Ford Acura, you know, at the beginning of it. Right. And then it's the movie. It is no. There is there is definitely a loss of soul there for sure. Loss of soul. That's correct. Yep. And that's yeah. that's what I liked about Lloyd Kaufman. Again, going back, you know. Yeah. Well, and there's and there's enough there's enough of a gap of time between their pictures that you can kind of savor. If you dig mm-hmm. what they do, you can kind of savor each one. Whereas, you know, it's like, you know, it was it was a frustration when when I put my first film out, um, uh, my my feature, Strange Nature, is that no. The, the, the problem with releasing films now is nothing is special anymore. I know. Like, no, nothing has the time to be special whatsoever anymore. It's such a fast food culture of just in and out, oh, 15 releases at the same time, 25, 35 releases at the same it's time. It's bullshit. And <laughs> if you're not, you're not a huge hit, you're forgotten about in less than a week. And on to the next. It's just there's no room for anything to be special anymore, and that's mm. that's what bums me out about just the state of of just of cinema, the big budget, low budget, independent, everything. It's just it's so crowded Ugh. that uh, there's no room to breathe. You know, there's no room to breathe. That's it. You know, at the end of the day, too, Hollywood's just another cow town, man. And I mean, it's just super small and. <laughs> Yeah, it's not big. It's not this. You know, people know each other's shit in Mayberry. What can I tell you? No, totally. That's why when people (laughs) like Minnesota to visit me, and they I take them to Hollywood Boulevard. Even I mean, that's a microcosm of it. They're just like, oh, wait, that that's it. It's just like these two blocks. And wait, is is Brad Pitt walking around? (laughs) Nope. nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that that junk. And uh, that crack whore Maryland, uh, <laughs> and, and the emaciated, uh, you know, Jack Spear. <laughs> that's, sorry, that's all there is. Yep, you know? and the big old dinosaur coming out of the Ripley's Museum on the corner of Highland. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, not, there's not like a hot half-naked chick walking a tiger down the street like i wish there was but it, it doesn't happen <laughs> but you if you go back and watch dr detroit or some shit you might see it on there oh, yeah, you'll they can't even make a movie like dr detroit anymore bro <laughs> Oh, God. Dan Aykroyd's chasing UFOs. He's like, uh, what's comedy? I'm just, I'm, I'm looking for uh, UFOs. And... Oh, yeah. Bill Murray wants nothing to do with comedy either, for the most part. Nope. I saw how they just mutilated him on that Ghostbusters thing, too. I thought that was shitty, the way that, uh, on that Ghostbusters 3, the way they brought him back, or... It's like, why didn't you just bring them back as the Ghostbusters and that they started a new team to take their place? What was wrong with that? <laughs> no, no, absolutely, because that way everybody kind of gets what they want. It's so frustrating. I was like, come on, you guys can retire, you give the girls the team, and then Thor gets to be that dude or whatever. And... <laughs> It was weird. I, I don't know why they did it that way. And then Dan Aykroyd even acts like, you know, he's like, oh, you don't know what that is. That's a, you know, class A, you know, gamma particle, you know, whatever thing. He's well, like, they, I don't know. <laughs> another one coming out now. And uh, this one is, is a lot more true to the original. So we'll, we'll see what they do. Do you, do you know anything about it, this new one? I do. I know some. I have friends that worked on it. Um, I can't say anything, but oh. there, I <laughs> there's some awesome, awesome stuff that's going to be in it, though. So I'm going to take your your word for it, dude. I'm yeah. going to take your word for it. I it looked that way too. I was like, they're not showing you anything on the trailer. It's a bunch of kids in a barn that find the Ecto one, and they're driving it around on a joyride. You know, it's got to be more than that. So. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's there's going to be some killer stuff and some really incredible throwbacks. Ooh, I'm excited, man. Yeah. I'm glad I brought that up real fast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that you're excited about coming out? Um, God, um, I just finished uh, binging Beef House. Um, have you have you seen Beef House? No, not yet. <laughs> 
Are you familiar with Tim and Eric? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, on the yeah. Adult Swim. You exactly. worked with those guys too, didn't you? Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've worked with those guys for years, and they just did a new um, a new show called Beef House, and they brought me in on that to do some um, makeup effects and some gags. Um, and it's just it's so damn good. It's so it's on it's on Adult Swim, and you can you get on Amazon Prime too. But uh, um, it's basically it's it's all it's all the weirdo guys from the Tim and Eric show, and they live in a house together. But ninety like shitty nineties like like full house sitcom style. And so it's so it sounds good. sweet, dude. <laughs> so good. Like, you just gave me that pitch, I was like sold. And then when I see it, it's like, oh, this is just as good as I hoped it would be. So yeah, like <laughs> I recently about that. Yeah, definitely check that out for anybody who's a Tim and Eric fan. Um, and uh, yeah, other things coming up. Um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm kind of, uh... Not so much. I mean, I haven't heard, you know... Yeah. I dropped out of the whole Marvel thing after fucking Endgame came out, basically. I lost my addiction. Right. I was like, oh, God, they ended it. You know, they chose how they wanted to end it, too. And I was like, if they try to... Whatever they're doing now is just loose particle wood, you know. And then, you know, by now, too, I just feel like... We don't know when things are going to get back to normal, so you can kind of see how entertainment's going to probably change through this whole thing, too, and yeah, no, public access becomes this thing. We just made a full circle, right? Right? Seriously? That's what I feel like. Yeah. That's what it will be like, you know, because Hollywood's not going to be able to hold its prowess with everybody being like, yeah, I'm not going to work, dude, because I don't know exhibits A through Z and what he or she or whatever's carrying, you know, uh, it's going to get me sick, <laughs> right? You know, exactly. nobody wants to deal with this shit, dude. So, but anyway, yeah. you know, I, th maybe we'll get lucky and we'll be able to start this little kickstart the, the new one, the new revolution of, you know, handmade shit and, you know, going Tell back into this thing. Absolutely. There, there, I believe there is a lot of power back um, especially during a time like this in the hands of the independent filmmaker um, and the independent creator in general, because you're, you have more, you, you'll have more eyes now on your Kickstarter or your short film or whatever. It's kind of like, even, you know, we've been told that, that our numbers are going up now for my movie, strange nature, because people are at home and they're taking a gamble on, well, what's this movie about? you know, deformed wildlife affecting mankind on Amazon Prime. Like, you know what? There's a chance where normally yep. you can't compete against the big guys, you know, because, you know, a lot of people don't realize when you make an independent film, there's zero marketing help for you at all. Like, it's, it's up to you to do interviews and try to get reviews and all that stuff. But otherwise, there's no way in hell anybody's going to find out about your movie. So you just have to work at it, you know, and nobody's taken out a full page ad or, you know what I mean? Nope. Not now, but you know what though? You're right on the money, man. Congratulations on getting to reap some of the rewards of the silver lining around us bullshit, you know, because, uh, <laughs> that's what we want, you know? Um, and that's what I feel like I'm getting right now with you. Unfortunately, I, uh, we're at the end of the hour, dude. We did a, a whole hour. We did it, Jim. Yeah. I like that hour. We, we covered a lot of bases. It was interesting. And um, I, yeah. I would like to tell everybody, um, on June 13th, um, if for anybody that hasn't seen my film, the ecological horror film, Strange Nature, um, it's on Amazon Prime. And then on Saturday, June 13th, we're also going to be doing a special online screening of it through withoutyourhead.com, which is an awesome horror website, journalism website. And, um, and they're going to be holding a Zoom Q&A with, with me and the producer, Beth, and a bunch of the cast, including Big Dave Maddy, who is in Better Call Saul and Citizen Toxie as well, and Sweet. Carlos Alzraki, who was um, uh, Reno 911 and Jonah Barris, who is a star of our film and is one of the leads of um, Hulu's show, Pen15. Um, so it's going to be an awesome time. So I encourage everybody to check that out as well. 
That sounds amazing, Jim. Thank you for joining me, man. And uh, that, thank you, dude. This has been great. It, you're right. This is totally interesting, good shit. And this is uh, definitely the encouragement. And what we need uh, creatively is to hear people who, you know, uh, have started where you and I obviously have. And you have this extensive portfolio now, but it definitely started somewhere. You know? Yeah, it all comes back to those roots, and you keep those roots, and and you stay true to that. And I mean, yeah, you if you just work hard and always try to get better, and you're not a dick, like things can work out for you. Yeah, dude, I've, I've had to take that advice myself about being a dick <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, it happens, you know. And it we, does. We grow. It does. Constantly grow, and um. And just as a side note, anybody that was thinking of going to punk rock bowling this weekend, where I was, I should be on my way to Vegas right now. Um, obviously, everything's canceled, but the the cool guys over at Punk Rock Bowling, they've all this weekend they're doing online concerts for free of a bunch of the bands um, from Circle Jerks to Jello Biafra to Coxbar, like all these a bunch of bands are doing free concerts on their YouTube channel. So if anybody's bummed that couldn't make it this weekend, check it out. Oh, perfect timing, man. All right, we're going to wrap it up, guys. I'm going to throw a bumper on here. Jim, thanks for joining us. Awesome. Hang on the line, man. I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for joining me and Jim today. And, uh, yeah, that was a great show, man. I fucking appreciated that. I think the one main thing I wanted to get out to you guys that I thought was important uh, that we're listening to the show today that as a creator, we all got to start somewhere, okay? It's all right to make the move, bust a move, or maybe you have been and then you ain't where you want to be. That's all right. Don't even sweat that shit, okay? Jim started somewhere. Like he said, that would have been something that was like unheard of, you know? Lloyd Kaufman, too, man, who we ended up working for, who started Troma and produced Troma Films. And created the whole fucking thing, you know. Trauma is his thing, you know, that's it. And all these great actors and shit came out of it, too. But uh, anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and play this soundbite from Lloyd Kaufman. And that was Jim's boss. <laughs> and uh, I want to close it out by saying thanks, you guys, for joining me. And uh, here, go ahead and enjoy this little thingy. I found here. All right, hold on. Look at the atrocities. American Chicken Bunker performs on the chickens that you serve to the ignorant masses. We produce only high-quality chicken-flavored foodstuffs. It's been called the foulest movie of the year. It's called Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. And it's what happens when you mix zombies with an assault on the fast food industry. Joining us now to talk about it is the legendary director and one of the executive producers, Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd, where did you get the idea for this delightful film? Well, it came from uh, the fact that McDonald's moved next to the, the uh, trauma building in New York and... Uh, Chicken Indian zombies uh, emerged. You don't like McDonald's? I love McDonald's. Yeah, no, we're not big fans. Uh, <laughs> we don't think fast food is great. And, uh, oh. and Poultry Guys deals with that uh, important theme. Yes, and you also you have Ron Jeremy in your movie. How'd he do? Fine actor? He's uh, one of the great, uh, America's great uh, Shakespearean actors, <laughs> yeah. Ron Jeremy, and that's why he, uh, we got him. We were lucky to get him for Poultry Guys. Mm -hmm. He's one of our most endowed. The, uh, Anthony Hopkins wanted the part, but, uh, you know. <laughs> you, also, you also have the boys from South Park. Yes. Basically, uh, you dis didn't you discover them, really? Well, they made a little movie called Cannibal the Musical, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and then uh, they have been uh, very gracious. They acted in Troma's Terra Firma and mm -hmm. uh, also in uh, the beautiful uh, movie called Tales from the Crapper, Troma, very special Troma release. What is your, uh, your favorite? For somebody who hasn't seen a Troma picture, where would they start? What would you recommend? Well, certainly uh, The Toxic Avenger. As yes. all of our movies, it deals with the uh, important issues of the day, things that people are interested in. The Toxic Avenger was a very, very early environmental movie, 1982, long before Al Gore decided to jump on the... Uh, Bandwagon. The, the, uh, the toxic waste dump, <laughs> yeah. dump or whatever it is. Exactly. Are you, are you saying that Al Gore probably ripped you off? I would say that Al Gore, if he had any guts, he ought to talk about eating vegetables instead of meat. He mm -hmm. ought to come out against some fast food. And if, I also think...
think that uh, perhaps uh, if he stopped the cows uh, from farting all over the place, maybe, maybe that would show that he did have a little uh, intestinal fortitude. I've heard, however, that it's not the flatus, it's actually the belching that is causing the, uh, the emissions. Well, it would be cool if Al Gore, if he's really uh, justified, maybe not take those big airplanes, maybe talk about being vegetarian and also perhaps talk about going on the internet instead of buying CDs that his wife censors that are made out of oil and plastic. Put them on, go to the internet. It doesn't cost anything and uses up <laughs> no natural resources. And you can see a lot of trauma, good trauma political philosophy. Yeah, how are we going to buy your DVDs if we can't buy, the, buy your DVDs? It's very hard to find our DVDs right now, to tell you the truth, because yeah. we're an independent uh, movie studio of 35 years. Luckily, we've got fans and air conditioners. Mm -hmm. And um, through word of mouth, because we give the public something they're interested in, uh, we are supported by a very, very uh, large and uh, active uh, fan base. When, uh, you, when you went to Yale at the same time as our president, right? Uh, were you guys good friends? Did you pal uh, around? The president was in my class at Yale. Um, we couldn't understand what uh, he was doing. He kept going around the campus at Yale looking for uh, weapons of mass destruction. But <laughs> we, showed him the, we showed him some tr trauma, early trauma work and everything worked out. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into film, who want to start writing movies or, or try to make movies? To thine own self be true. That's what Shakespeare said. And as you know, he wrote that amazing bestseller, 101 money-making screenplay ideas, otherwise known as Hamlet. Mm, a great movie. I think they should make that into a play. Well, uh, we did do Tromeo and Juliet. That's right, know. Tromeo and Juliet. It's an iambic pentameter, and it's a, a film for gyno-Americans. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Lloyd Kaufman. The movie is Poultry Geist. Go and find it, people. Coming up next... You've been listening to Adam Air MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy.